Well, I hope you all are a little rested from the holidays because you have wads of paper and stuff in your hands, and I'm going to make you work. So, had all my New Year's resolutions actually taken hold, standing before you now would be a multilingual size 8 triathlete. That was not a joke. I would be globe-trotting, ever-compassionate, neat and tidy, neat and tidy, gourmet cook who could sight-sing and play a mean Fats Waller stride on the piano. Have I forgotten anything? Uh, I would have read most of the classical Russian novels. I could recite beautiful poetry just for the right occasion at the drop of a hat. I would be living well below my means, eat only what is in season, and regularly call and write long-distance friends and family. Every single sermon would be funny and moving and just the right length. In other words, you wouldn't recognize me I'd be someone else. So have you thought about who you would be if really your New Year's resolutions came to fruition, gone as planned? Those who study human behavior say that about 45% of us are still optimistic and make resolutions at New Year's. But... Those 45% don't seem to learn because only 8% are successful in achieving them. I don't know how they define success the next day or a year later. The top resolutions will sound so familiar. Lose weight, get organized, spend less, save more, enjoy life to the fullest, stay fit and healthy, learn something exciting, and quit smoking. I'm in good company in never achieving my resolutions. I say that like I'm proud of it. I'm not. But it's in the Buddhist tradition I find the most helpful critiques of this resolve to change, fail to change, resolve to change cycle. Their alternative instructions arise from the Buddhist perspective that human action all our action is motivated by what we imagine will make us happy. Regrettably, we often are mistaken, as Western psychology now confirms, accumulating money and prestige and even knowledge does not lead us always to higher levels of joy. Resolutions falter and stumble because they address symptoms not the underlying causes of our happiness. I'm overweight and would like to lose weight, but until I'm willing to fully examine with my whole heart and mind what underlies that need to overeat, to eat more than my body requires, my resolutions to diet, to eat less, to fit into old clothes actually sets me up for failure. 
Overeating is one of my unskillful coping mechanisms. Our cultural tendency to think in binary terms, black and white thinking, is part of that setup for failure. This mindset, binary thinking, makes seeing progress and acknowledging our successes from incremental change virtually impossible. A resolution involves solving a problem, yes or no, either or, and is a firm decision to do or not to do something. It's black and white, binary. Resolutions spring from that perception that something is wrong with us and we need to fix it. When I added up all my resolutions at the beginning of the sermon, I was dismayed to realize they represented a denial of my ultimate humanity, my foibles as well as my successes. I I am often trying to be someone else, trying to fix and solve myself. And when I say that, I realize that does not match my theology one bit. I think all of us are of value and at our core, valuable, good, Buddha nature, godly, godlike, whatever language you want to use. Oscar Hammerstein II turned this urge to fix into unforgettable lyrics. How do you solve? a problem like Maria. (laughs) And came to the same conclusion we do today. It's unhelpful to fix ourselves. It is like trying to hold a moonbeam in your hand. The Canadian psychologist Candace Platter describes the futility of this handyman resolution efforts. Most New Year's resolutions stem from problems that people think they need to solve about themselves. Most commonly, these resolutions are often about decreasing addictive behavior, such as alcohol or drug use, overeating or undereating, smoking, overspending, gambling, too much time on the internet, or being in relationships that are unhealthy. It is important to understand that addictive behaviors are generally used to avoid facing what is really going on in our lives in order to avoid a variety of life tasks or to avoid having to experience their true feelings. Many people create destructive and self-sabotaging distractions for themselves. And if you think this may be the case in your life, you might want to try doing something different this year. I took that as a challenge. We shall experiment together doing something different this year. In a moment, we'll all join in a burning bowl ritual. I don't think this church has done that before, (laughs) have they? You charter members. It's something that uh, a lot of Unitarian Universalist churches do around the country as well as the unity tradition, others. So in your order of service, you have an envelope 
Yes? Yes? Envelope? And inside is a small, wispy piece of paper. It's actually flash paper. And we will use it, I'll give you instructions fully in a minute, but we will use it to write down a word or two, something from this past year you would like to release. And I will give you those specific instructions. Then the envelope and blank piece of paper are for our intentions, not resolutions, for 2015. Today, to move away from fixing, let's replace the word resolution with ones that make room for progress, but not perfection. Aspiration and intention are Buddhist code words for long-term ideas we return to again and again and again. Aspirations form a basis for setting out on life paths. They are not impulsive decisions or forced actions or fads. They are not binary. Instead of trying to trim away all our dissatisfaction, we can accept that what we really want is happiness and that true happiness comes and goes and that we can never trap it in a jar like a butterfly. We set intentions we can use in this ebb and flow, changing mood of life. So rather than looking at what we want to fix, we reframe it into the bigger picture of what we aspire towards. Sounds like linguistic semantics, but I I think it's more than that. It's asking yourself why. What is your bigger purpose behind becoming thinner, more fit, whatever? I know a man who wants to be in better shape to play with his grandchildren. And so when he thinks about skipping his jogging routine, he thinks about how much he loves his grandchildren. Not that he's going to fix himself, and his aspiration makes it easier to put on running shoes. There is a difference between resolution. Aspirations are grounded in reality. They are best based on compassion for self and others. I realized, okay, this is embarrassing. I wanted to lose weight because I indulge in this fantasy that it's going to make me 25 again. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. And it's a setup for failure, and it's not loving myself or really being of any use to the world. The Buddha gave instructions about the kind of realistic thoughts for intentions that help move us forward. He said, if one speaks or acts with a pure mind, happiness follows like a shadow that never departs. Well, pure mind sounds binary and black and white, but what it means is seeing our essential goodness, getting rid of that urge to fix. We act with a pure mind when we are motivated by genuine feelings of kindness and generosity. So back to my desire to be younger, 25, life, thin. My pure mind knows 
when I let it, that my aging brings gifts that I dismiss when wishing to be something I am not. Some age I am not. A pure mind has a wise understanding of our responsibility toward both ourselves and our world. So aspirations and intentions are not oriented toward a single future outcome. Quitting smoking by February, 20 pounds by the next college reunion, or are organizing music alphabetically on the shelf. Instead, they are a path, a practice focused on how you are being, and this is critical, in the present moment. Our attention is on the ever-present now with our intention and aspiration. The Sanskrit word samkalpa, which is what the Buddhist use for intention or aspiration, means intention plus, intention plus volition, intention plus will. It suggests a much deeper and more profound desire than simply meeting a goal. We set our intentions based on what matters most to us, make a commitment to align our worldly actions with these intentional values. So these intentions unfold when allowed in unexpected ways that when you set a goal, don't. And curiosity is our best friend here. We get to notice what thoughts and feelings interrupt following through on our intentions. We get to witness our balking and inner temper tantrums at the idea of following an aspiration. We can witness how an intention leads to a small adjustment in behavior and thought that actually becomes grand and large over time. So we'll use the envelope and paper to put words to our aspirations, to consider what touchstones for each moment of the day rather than a list of resolutions to fix ourselves. So we'll begin our burning bowl ritual. I've asked Chris to play a little music to inspire us. So let's make sure everyone has an envelope, something to write with, that you have some flash paper. If you need a hymnal or something to write on, raise your hand and we'll... So we're going to begin with this small piece of flash paper. It gives you just enough space to write a word or two, something you'd like to release or let go of, regrets, disappointments, something from 2014, missed opportunities, losses. And then everyone is invited to come forward and watch their concerns burn up in a flash. This isn't magic, but a chance to make physical, to embody a desire to go through with the actions. If some of you read the New York Times article recently, the anthropologist Luhrmann reminds us that rituals, just this simple act of burning up 
a regret, changes the way we pay attention as much as perhaps more than they express belief. It focuses our attention on this moment. So I'll take time for everyone to consider just for your flash paper first. And then you can come forward, and I can help you if it frightens you. This is what it does. It is magic. (laughs) So write a word or two. Chris? So now this bigger page, this is for you, only for you, and it's to consider an aspiration, or several, and not just for 2015, but for as long as you wish. And if you're like me, and already have a list of resolutions, that's okay. Use that resolution as a starting point and step back in your mind to see what aspirations underlie that resolution. 
So write these deeper intentions down. And this isn't really one-time work. I recommend you spend time considering aspirations more than once. Take your time. And the reason for the envelope. You can seal up what you write if you address it to yourself and turn it in. We won't open it, but we'll mail it to you sometime in 2015. Say this summer. Or you can keep it. So we'll take three or four minutes to write down aspirations.
you can keep writing. You can put your envelope in the basket or hand it to the usher if you, as you leave if you want. Choice is yours. And may your aspirations and intentions be strong and vital and go with you. May it be so.